morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia, and welcome to the intersection of common sense and facts. It is, of course, Sunday, the 8th of August, 2021. We're here to talk about the news and what's going on in the world around you, bring you guys some analysis, a little bit of ground truth, and, you know, some common common man kind of stuff. Not with all the punditry and the dumbassery, of which there's a lot to cover this week. Of course, Alan is still out on vacation, and that's fine, so I'll be doing this all by myself. You guys will have to deal with solely me. I know, the suffering just continues to happen to you. But we have a lot to talk about. Of course, this is being shared out there on all of the social medias to include Getter, because we have gone over to Getter. We made a little page there. Uh, hopefully waiting for the event where we can actually move on over permanently there and get away from all of the other tech tyrants because honestly it's all a nightmare right the whole leftist dumb business uh we all know it right i i we could we could literally just do an entire show talking about the fact that you know the uh you know the silicon valley and big tech is just a disgusting nightmare of everything And there'll be plenty of that. Don't worry. I mean, we're not going to not talk about it. It's just that it can't be the only thing we talk about because there's so much more. I've got a lot of clips to go through uh, this week, a lot of different stories to bring up. And so, you know, jumping on the news feed and trying to kind of, you know, coordinate what what are the small stories? What are the big stories? What are the ones I want to talk about? What are the ones I have to talk about? That's kind of how this works. Uh, it, it's always it's always a battle. You know, Monday, there's what I think is going to be the show. And then by Thursday, I forgot what Monday was. And then by today in the morning, my God. <laughs> so that's kind of the entire outline of, of how show prep goes. Like it's it's, you know, the best made plans or mice and men kind of thing. Um Real quick, just kind of taking a look at the actual like current news feed of what's what's going on. It, it, it's just it's incredible because there is there there's a lot. Uh, one of the news stories that broke yesterday, uh, last night, in fact, is uh, two police officers were among forty five that were shot Saturday night in Lori Lightfoot's Chicago. That's the Breitbart News headline. Now, of course, those are, are are not all from the same situation. People get shot in Chicago all the time. Chicago obviously has strong restrictions when it comes to guns, yet somehow people still get shot. But two police officers were shot. I do believe that one died. But let's take a look at the headline real quick. 45 people were shot, including two police officers, since 7 p.m. Saturday night. In Mayor Lori Lightfoot's troubled Chicago, the Chicago Sun-Times reports 45 people were shot, four of them fatally, between 7 p.m. Saturday and 6.11 a.m. Sunday. The Sun-Times notes Saturday's, Saturday night's violence means 155 people have been shot this, thus far this month, and 23 of those individuals succumbed to their wounds. ABC7 explains one of Saturday night's shooting fatalities was a female Chicago Police Department officer. The officer was shot while working a traffic stop with a male officer at 9.10 p.m. in the 6300 block of South Bell Avenue. The female officer died and the male officer who was also shot was hospitalized in critical condition. 
The Chicago Tribune points out three suspects, two males and a female, were in the car the officers had stopped, and at least one of the three opened fire on the officers. The two male suspects have been apprehended, but the female is still at large. ABC7 notes, the attack on the police officers marks the 27th time a Chicago police officer has been shot at, has been shot at this year and the 11th time an officer has actually been shot. Now, this is, of course, notable because all the anti-police rhetoric has created a society or a culture that has no problem shooting police officers. And that does need to be noted. Now, let's take the idea, because remember, uh, the, the left hated the cops before they loved the cops, and then they'll hate the cops again. Because it's just it just depends on the political winds, and everybody knows that. That's not a mystery to anyone. We watched the left celebrate police officers uh, who attacked protesters, even though that was the worst thing that you could ever do. And it was a sign of Donald Trump's fascism just, you know, months prior to them celebrating it. Of course, we're talking about the 2020 riots that happened all during the summer of love. It was bad for police officers to stop protesters, even violent ones that were trying to set buildings on fire. But then that was, of course, you know, before it was good to support police officers going after protesters who weren't trying to set anything on fire because it depends on who the protesters vote for and likely who they're paid by. Of course, I mean that meaning that a lot of the agitators on the left are probably funded. They seem to have a lot of time on their hands. Many of them look well-fed. Point of the matter is, at some point, the left is going to have to choose a side of the fence to be on. Either they're for defunding the police and having to deal with the fact that there's going to be increased crime throughout these urban cities, or they're going to have to support the police, which is going to mean that they have lied to their most agitated and active base who is constantly out there wanting to basically defund and get rid of, you know, defund and dismantle police departments. Now, it's funny because for us on the right, it's not there. There is a gray area there. From those of us, of course, we like to support police officers. Many of them are our friends. They're our neighbors. And we don't have anything intrinsically against the idea of police officers. We also understand the idea that you know being a nation of laws is what keeps you uh, basically functioning and it keeps society stable. But as people who hold the Constitution as the highest law of the land and want it to be recognized and believe individual liberty is the lifeblood of a functioning republic, we also have to acknowledge that police officers are the thing that will be utilized by a tyrannical government to shut people down. That's the glory of this entire debate when it comes to police officers. Now, a police officer getting shot in Chicago has nothing to do with people's rights being violated. You can't really respond to, I think my rights were violated, I shot a person in a traffic stop. Doesn't really work out well that way. But I did want to, you know, point out the obvious hypocrisy here that everyone knows and everyone's tired of you know having pointed out but there is a reason that it needs to be pointed to and it's because how much is the left going to cry for this female officer who died 
And the reason why I do the juxtaposition against January 6th is because uh, many people on social media probably saw the once again, another creepy picture of Joe Biden with a young kid. This time it was a little girl being all gross and weird. Well, I wanted to bring that up. I say gross and weird. It's just because he's he's creepy. We we can all we can all accept that he's creepy, right? Like we don't that's that's not up for debate, correct? I just I just want to make sure. But the reason why I want to bring that up is because there's a picture of Joe Biden being creepy with a little girl and it actually turns out that that little girl is the daughter of an officer who is the only Capitol police officer to have been killed in 20 years. And I, I I have to point that out, but it wasn't ah, See now understand. I just shared an interesting statistic that many of you may not have known. I said the only police officer to have been killed in the Capitol in 20 years. Now, For people who are ignorant of the news, they might look at that kind of statistic and say, oh, that must be uh, that that must be somebody who died on January 6th. But it absolutely wasn't. That girl is the daughter of Officer Billy Evans, who was actually killed on April 2nd. Many of you may not have known something happened. What like something happened on April 2nd? But let me remind you, there was a black nationalist who slammed a car into a police checkpoint, killing an officer. That officer was Billy Evans. He's the only Capitol Police officer who was killed in line of duty in over 20 years. But you don't know his name. Everybody knows who Brian Sicknick is, and that's nothing against Brian Sicknick himself. But that's because Brian Sicknick was politicized. He had a stroke and he died. He had a stroke that was not connected, according to the medical examiner, to anything having to do with him being on duty at the time of the protest at the Capitol. But he was lionized for that. Let's not forget that this week, Joe Biden gave medals of honor to police officers who testified. Um, He gave them... Let's let's just phrase this correctly. He gave police officers medals for giving good sound bites to Democrats. That's what really happened. He gave medals to police officers who gave sound bites to Democrats, to all the police officers who we talked about last week. Why were they there? How come it was them who picked them? Why wasn't it the chiefs of police explaining you know, the different procedures. Why didn't anybody ask how come there were selfies being taken with police officers? Why were the doors open? Why weren't they locked? Why weren't there more police? All of those things. None of those questions were asked. And we just asked the simple question of why was it those police officers? How come they were the ones that were testifying in the January 6th commission? Well, they all got medals. They all got pats on the back from Joe Biden for giving good sound bites to Democrats. But there was, interestingly, one that was left out. And that was the only police officer that has died in the line of duty in 20 years in the Capitol. And that was Billy Evans. He didn't get a medal. He didn't get a posthumous medal or anything. He was defending the Capitol. He was at a checkpoint. He did get killed in what is what should be considered a domestic terrorist attack. A black nationalist purposefully hit him with a car to kill him. But that doesn't count. Because black nationalism isn't something 
that they can politicize. In fact, they want to avoid it. They want to pretend like it can't exist. And in many ways, depending on the thought process, if you look at things like CRT, it doesn't exist because it's not considered racism. But that needs to be pointed out. So that shows just how politicized all of this is. But I go back to Chicago, the original obvious subject of this rant. I go back to Chicago and say, are the Democrats going to weep over this police officer getting killed? Because the Democrats claim that they are bothered by bad things happening to police officers. Or do they not care? Of course they don't care. They can't politicize this. Chicago is a Democrat city. It happens to be a Democrat city where Barack Obama came from. And it's still apparently a hellhole of crime. So Obama didn't fix it. And of course not. But I'm sure Martha's Vineyard's doing quite well. See, Martha's Vineyard is where Obama is now. In a millions dollar mansion. Interestingly enough, if you were worried about coronavirus actually being something to be concerned about, let me make you feel better. While the news is telling everybody that there's this big, super scary Delta variant, and you may have to mask up, we might even have to do lockdowns again because the Delta variant is so scary and vaccines just cannot save you from the Delta variant. Because remember, that was the original idea. If we all got vaccinated, it would be fine. Somehow, unvaccinated people can hurt vaccinated people, which makes no sense whatsoever. Not sure how that works. People try to claim that I just need to shut my mouth because the science. But I still haven't seen the science explain to me how if I'm vaccinated, I can catch something. Because the point of getting vaccinated is so you don't. Still trying to figure that one out. But that probably makes me a conspiracy theorist, and I probably already got put on a list. The point is, obviously, it was made painfully obvious that this is all fabricated. And why? Because Barack Obama is having his 60th birthday party. He had it this weekend. And he erected a massive tent in his in the yard of his millions-dollar mansion, a Martha's Vineyard and invited all of his friends and they were all unmasked. So they had a giant gathering of people, something like 200 servants attending 200 servants. Just remind you of that. And they're all partying unmasked in one tent. It's what most people would call a super spreader event. You know what else wasn't a super spreader event? Lollapalooza. In fact, the mayor of Chicago attended Lollapalooza. And hilariously, the mayor of D.C., Muriel Bowser, who just put in a bunch of mask mandates in Washington, D.C., also had a birthday party that she celebrated unmasked with a bunch of people. So explain that to me. How is it that for some reason the same Hollywood celebrities and politicians and policymakers are all telling us we have to be super scared of this Delta variant and the coming onslaught of Lambda, 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 you know, variant or what the hell ever. This is supposed to make us have to shut everything back down because it's super scary. 
But when it comes to them being in a position where they would be taking a considerable amount of risk, they all show up to a giant party. We saw this all through the original COVID stuff, too. And in fact, what's great now is how many videos people are catching of these people seeing a camera, putting a mask on, saying things in front of the camera, walking away from the camera and taking the mask off. It's all theater. It's all theater. And the best part is, is that the American public is seeing right through it. When these people have actual skin in the game, they show that they also don't care and are not afraid. Early on, we attributed this to the idea that there was already a vaccine and the elite had it because they were acting so unafraid. Well, that was one of the theories. You know, Nancy Pelosi, in her old age, wandering around getting her hair done and whatnot unmasked, should be something terrifying by the way they talked about it because there was no vaccine at the time and she could literally die if she got COVID. That's what we were told. But now they're vaccinated and they're not worried. But they say even if we're vaccinated, we should be worried. This all doesn't make sense. Once again, they just seem to be lying. And or as Colleen puts it, Perhaps wealth and power repel COVID. But it's interesting because while Barack Obama's hosting a massive 60th birthday party in his millions dollar mansion, you have the governor of Maryland who claims to be a Republican making statements like this. Look, I I don't care what uh, misinformation or conspiracy theories that you have heard. Uh, The plain and simple fact is that these vaccines are working. If you're still unsure about the vaccines, uh, here is the important fact for you to consider. Nearly every single person hospitalized or dying with COVID-19 in Maryland right now is unvaccinated. Uh, Those of you who uh, refuse to get vaccinated at this point are willfully and unnecessarily putting yourself and others at risk of hospitalization and death. You are the ones uh, threatening the freedoms of all the rest of us, the freedom not to wear masks, to keep our businesses open. Something doesn't make sense in this, and I'm going to replay it because I'm sorry the volume was a little messed up in the beginning, but let me replay it. I, I, I want to make notes here. So real quick. Look, I, I don't care what uh, misinformation or conspiracy theories that you have heard. Uh, the plain and simple fact is that these vaccines are working. Okay. Note one, the plain and simple fact, the vaccines are working. Anything else is a conspiracy theory. All right. That's the predicate here. Vaccines are working. Anything to suggest otherwise is a conspiracy theory. If you're still unsure about the vaccines, uh, here is the important fact for you to consider. Nearly every single person hospitalized or dying with COVID-19 in Maryland right now is unvaccinated. Okay. So. The vaccines are working. 
anything saying otherwise is a conspiracy theory. And the people that are in the hospital and dying of coronavirus are unvaccinated people. Okay, so if you're unvaccinated, you will go to you could go to the hospital and die of coronavirus. And that's because the vaccines are working and suggesting anything otherwise is a conspiracy theory. Uh, Those of you who uh, refuse to get vaccinated at this point are willfully and unnecessarily putting yourself and others at risk of hospitalization and death. How could you be putting others at risk of hospitalization and death? Like those unvaccinated. Okay, so his argument is good. You know, according to the facts that he's sharing, he is saying that the people that are in the hospital and dying are unvaccinated. The vaccines work, saying otherwise is a conspiracy theory. So if you're unvaccinated, you're putting yourself at risk of death and hospitalization that that all tracks. That's a line of logic. But then he says others, you're putting others at risk. How? If the vaccines work and saying anything otherwise is a conspiracy theory. And the only people going to the hospital and dying are those that are unvaccinated. Or as he says, the vast majority or whatever are unvaccinated then how are you putting other people at risk if you're unvaccinated? Because the vaccines work and saying anything else is a conspiracy theory, Governor Hogan. You are the ones uh, threatening the freedoms of all the rest of us, the freedom not to wear masks, to keep our businesses open, and to get our kids back in school. Why? The vaccines work. And saying anything otherwise is a conspiracy theory. So if the vaccines work, people go get vaccinated. Then the only people that would be harmed, the only people that would be harmed would be those who don't get vaccinated, which would be a personal choice. And according to everything that we're told by the media, they would die for that decision. But the vaccines work. So those people wouldn't need to be worried. And the the vaccines work. So those people wouldn't need to be worried. And saying anything otherwise would be is a conspiracy theory. And this is exactly it. This is exactly the point. This doesn't make any sense. The vaccines work, but you might have to wear a mask even if you're vaccinated because you might get COVID and go to the hospital and die. Right? The vaccines work. But you need to wear a mask because the vaccine doesn't work. That's what's being said here. They work. I don't care what conspiracy theory you heard. They work. Saying otherwise, it's a conspiracy theory. They work. But you need to put on a mask because some people are unvaccinated and you will die. Well, that that doesn't sound like the vaccine works. But that makes me a conspiracy theorist. Quoting... Governor Hogan's logical leaps here makes me the conspiracy theorist, not the governor of Maryland who is saying it works. You're a conspiracy theorist if you suggest it doesn't. But if you're unvaccinated, you're going to put literally everybody at risk, even if they're vaccinated because they might get COVID, even though I just said the vaccines work. How does that make sense to anybody? 
And that's the reason why there's always this response of, well, just trust the experts. Shut up. What do you know? What do you know? You don't, you don't have a doctorate. You don't have a doctorate. You didn't, you're not an immunologist. You're not Dr. Fauci. What do you know? And it just simply doesn't make sense. We send our children to school and we have to show their vaccine records against measles, mumps, rubella, chicken pox, polio. Well, we don't do polio vaccines anymore because it's dead. But point is, we do these. We send vaccine records. The reason why is because they're vaccinated. Look at that. They're, they're fine. They are fine. And we don't have outbreaks of these. Why? Because children are vaccinated. Kids don't get these infections because they are, in fact, vaccinated. We don't worry about our children getting measles, mumps, rubella, things like that, because they are vaccinated. Yet here we are with COVID. We call it a vaccine. But you're supposed to be afraid that you're going to get it again, even though you have a vaccine. But it works just as long as it doesn't work. It works until they decide it doesn't work. It looks like the vaccine works when the Democrats need it to work to pat themselves on the back and give themselves credit for something. So long as until it doesn't work when they want to control and destroy the economy, when they want to have control over you, when they want to implement some policy, typically having to do with voting. But then... We have the president of the United States, who's also not supposed to be a conspiracy theorist. And he puts out things like this. Of the unvaccinated. So we have to get more people vaccinated. I said, well over, what's the number again? I remind myself, 350 million Americans have already been vaccinated. They're doing fine. I'm pleased to report the past week we've seen the f- of the unvaccinated. We're doing fine. 350 million were vaccinated. That's 106% of the population, but you know, it's okay. It, maybe it's a bumble. Maybe we misheard him. Maybe he misspoke. That's fine. But he's saying they're fine. They're fine. So why the hell would you need to mask people up? If you're vaccinated, why do you need If you're vaccinated, why do you need to mask up? You're fine if you get vaccinated. It's the unvaccinated. Those are the bad people. Those are the others. Those are the ones we have to fight. Those are the terrible people. Otherwise, you're fine. And I, you know, let me just remind you that just a couple of weeks ago, Joe Biden also said this on a CNN town hall. The the various shots that people are getting now cover that. You're okay. You're not going to... You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Okay, you're not going to get COVID if you have the vaccination. So why the hell would you have to do lockdowns? Why the hell would you have to do masks? I know that there's probably a ton of people in the audience right now just rolling their eyes, wondering why I'm asking such like blatant questions we all know the answer to. I get that. The point is, is that what is happening here? is the media is making people conspiratorial because they are being given conflicting information and then they are saying you are evil for questioning it. 
They are specifically putting out things that conflict with each other so they can call you a terrible person for pointing it out. I think put on my tinfoil hat a bit here. I think that this is a large scale operation to disincentivize people from ever pointing out hypocrisy in the media. I think that this is part of a larger campaign for them to look at where the most likely vectors of calling out hypocrisy in the government are so they know where to attack when they start being even more hypocritical. They want to know who the people are that will ever go against the regime, and they want to identify them for destruction. I can't think of any other reason for this. And I mean that. It's very, very frustrating to watch because I know so many Americans, the majority of Americans, are looking at this and saying, what the hell is happening right now? And all the government's doing is saying, believe whatever we say today or you're a conspiracy theorist. Basically, we're going to actually have to check with the White House press office on a daily basis to ensure that we don't get called a conspiracy theorist. Because you could say the accepted liberal line last week and get banned from social media today. Now, the reason why I say that, Lollapalooza happened in Chicago. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Democrat in Chicago, attended it, even though she was getting ready to put out a bunch of lockdown-type mask mandates. But she didn't because she wanted to wait for Lollapalooza to be over because she wanted to go to it. Similarly, as we brought up, Barack Obama's giant birthday bash happened. And there were no masks, no lockdowns. After people started bringing it up, they said that, they, oh, it's, it's going to be scaled down. It's going to be scaled back. And they built a giant circus tent in the back and invited God and everybody there. There were more private jets flying into Martha's Vineyard this weekend than Davos. And people including John Kerry, Steven Spielberg, and... Uh, Tons of other celebrities attending and not a mask in sight on the dance floor from leaked photos. Now, those things all occur. But what you will hear is how Sturgis is going to be a super spreader event. And of course, we have to ask ourselves, how is it that Obama's birthday bash isn't a super spreader event? How is it? That Lollapalooza isn't a super spreader event. Well, it's the same thing. (laughs) Colleen wants to correct me that God certainly was not invited to Obama's birthday party. (laughs) Now, (laughs) the... uh, That's good. That's good. It's point. God and everybody. Well, everybody then. How about that? Uh, But the, the... Entertaining an additional point here. Sturgis is going to be called a super spreader event. Why? Because it's a biker rally. It's flyover people. It's gross flyover people. They probably don't even have college degrees. And if they do, they're not even from good colleges. That's why. It's the same thing we saw last year. Black Lives Matter marches of millions of people weren't super spreader events, and it was racist to even show the data. 
but a small gathering of a few conservatives in a church is going to kill everybody. It was going to kill grandma. So that's exactly it. Just a couple of other notes that I'm going to make before I drive on to the news, or the, the, the other news stories. When we're talking about these weird hypocrisies and craziness, Governor Cuomo had his attorney general come out and confirm that he had sexually assaulted 11 women. And interestingly, uh, something like 46% of Democrats still don't believe it. But, you know, hero Cuomo, the best guy ever, America, you know, the, 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 the real president of the, of the United States, if you all remember, confirmed by his attorney general that he sexually assaulted 11 women. That was confirmed by the attorney general and it's been handed off and they're, you know, there's the potential, the potential of impeachment hearings occurring against governor Cuomo. Now, Chris Cuomo is taking a three week vacation from CNN just after having taken a vacation because a lot of people are asking a lot of questions about how Chris Cuomo still has a job at CNN because he was advising his brother on how to smear the women that were accusing him. And he wasn't the only one. One of the leaders of the Me Too movement was also advising Governor Cuomo on how to smear the women that were accusing him. And come to find out, according to his attorney general, Governor Cuomo's attorney general, those 11 women were sexually assaulted by him. But he's not going to step down. He's not going to resign. The Democrats would have to impeach him. Whether or not that'll happen, who the hell knows? But it's funny because that is what they're going to get Cuomo for. Potentially. The strongest potential against Governor Cuomo is the fact that he sexually assaulted 11 women. Not that he killed thousands. Not that he shoved coronavirus patients into nursing homes and killed thousands. That's not the thing that people are going to get Governor Cuomo for. They're going to get him for being touchy-feely with 11 women. Not that he killed thousands of American citizens through negligence. Which is shocking to me. It's disturbing to me. Weirdly enough, I brought up CNN and Governor Cuomo's brother. CNN fired three of their employees because they weren't vaccinated. But Jeffrey Tubin, a guy who exposed himself on a Zoom call, still has a job. This is the... uh, This is the left, guys. And they don't care. Just like Obama's birthday bash, just like Lollapalooza, they laugh. They laugh at flyover country. It's the rules for thee, but not for me. We all get it. 
And I say the left. I mean, this is the left and how they react, right? We we can we can definitely say if it were a Republican then, of course we can say that. We're tired of saying that. But it's also just the elites in general. It's the elites in general. It's the people who protect themselves. Ah, Chick Mouse is a little out of the loop and late to the program. She wants to know where Alan is. Alan's on vacation, Chick Mouse. He's enjoying himself and he took a little bit of a vacation. His flight actually just got in really, really uh, late. So gave him a break. I'm assuming that question's asked because you're terribly bored with just hearing my voice. But I'll allow it. Anyway, I had to take a sip of coffee. Give me a break. Point is, that's what's going on there. Those are what what you can see when you look at situations like this is what truly matters to these politicians, to the elite, to the upper crust. Fondling 11 women ends your political career. And I'm not saying it shouldn't, but fondling 11 women and being creepy ends your political career. But killing uh, thousands of American citizens, that's fine. That's okay. But, you know, there you go. (laughs) So, all right. Let's get into something I'm going to try to not be too, too much of a jerk about. Let's talk about Colonel Vindeman, Lieutenant Colonel Vindeman. For those of you who remember the squishy little worm, he was the guy who started the Trump impeachment because he claimed he heard things on a phone call. He heard things on a phone call and it was a quid pro quo. But once he started to scratch the surface, what did we find? We found that he actually lied about it. He didn't hear any of those things. None of those things were actually said, but they did the impeachment anyway, because that was the goal. And of course he was hailed as a hero. He was hailed as a hero for this. Now, Lieutenant Colonel Vindeman is probably the best example of why I absolutely cannot stand the officer corps in the United States military anymore. Also, it's the surest sign that you can tell whether or not somebody ever served. Anybody who says that someone's a hero intrinsically just because they served, you can tell they've never been in the military because, well, if you were, you'd meet plenty of people that you wouldn't define as a hero. There are assholes everywhere. You all know that. And the military is not exempt. But since I am, in fact, a combat veteran, I'm allowed to say mean things about Colonel Vindeman because the only defense that anyone ever gives Colonel Vindeman is, well, he's our hero. He served, he deployed. So did I. Well, he was in combat. So was I. But I wasn't a shiny, nice officer. I was a ground guy. I was a grunt. I was in combat the whole time. I know what an OP is. I've been to them. I wasn't on a FOB, Ford Operating Base, that has Pizza Hut and TGI Fridays. No offense to my enlisted folks who have been there and some of those lower-level officers. You don't get to choose where you go. But certainly, if you're a, you know, foreign area officer, you're, you know, going to be sitting in all the nice places. It's not like you were kicking in doors, buddy. But that's not the point. The point is this. Vindeman has a book. 
which by the way is how corrupt politicians pay people now. You can't pay them directly for lying to Congress and getting away with it. You can't pay them directly for giving you, you know, the excuse to go after the politicians you hate. So what you do is via a publisher, you funnel millions of dollars to a publisher through a book deal. That's how you corruptly pay people to lie. And that's how you corruptly pay people to do your political whims. You give them a book deal and you funnel the money through. You get all of your millionaire investors like George Soros and whomever to encourage publication of these book deals. This is just one of the ways that the elite launder money. But this is what Lieutenant Colonel Vindeman had to say to USA Today this week while trying to hawk his book. The kind of damage that President Trump caused to this country and continues to cause now directly and through his proxies is far beyond anything that our adversaries could hope. And we could have been in a world where there would be four more years of Trump, there would be more harm to public servants, there would be less accountability. The erosion that we saw within the departments and agencies could have could have caused kind of the, the collapse of good governance, and we could have ended up being a completely different country. This is not an exaggeration. This is this is 100% my strongly held belief that we could have been in an entirely different country at the end of another four years of Trump. I have to ask a question. Listening to that, listening to what Vindeman just had to say there, if you believe what he said, the picture he just painted, how horrific destabilized, hollowed out the dystopia that would have been America for more, if there were four more years of Trump. If you believed that foreign adversaries would have basically been running amok, that agencies would be destroyed, good governance would be hollowed out. I mean, this is hell. This man is describing hell itself. The destruction, the complete destruction of the United States of America under four more years of Trump. Tell me, with that knowledge, with that belief, not only would you steal an election, you would believe it morally justified and almost an obligation to do such a thing. Vindeman is an idiot, and he's trying to sell a book that nobody wants to buy. But that doesn't change the fact that he is representative of a thought process. This man is popular. He is considered a hero on the left. He is an apparatchik of the Democrat Party. If you believed this... If you believe this, you would, and you believed that you were a patriot, you would feel obligated to do anything to stop Trump, to include stealing an election. How could you not? If you felt the way that Vindeman feels, 
what is considered too much to save your country according to how he is describing America under four more years of Trump. And he's not the only one we've heard make these descriptions. If people really want to know why there's a belief that corruption occurred in the election and why it's so easy for people to believe that the election was stolen, just listen to the rhetoric. If the left believes what they say about the effect Trump had on the United States and what Trump being president was doing to the United States, you have a picture painted that morally justifies stealing an election. Because the other option is this. If the left, no, don't get me wrong. I don't think the left believes any of this. I think it's all just BS that they feed to their deranged supporters. But if they do believe it and they didn't do everything they could to stop Trump, if they truly believed all of these things that they're saying and they went, well, the American people voted for him, so I guess we can't do anything about it. Well, that's, I mean, that's malpractice to the highest order. That's disturbing. No one would do that. And that's the point here. For four years, we have heard these people morally justify doing anything possible. Regardless of how the American people felt, they think you're idiots. They hate you. Why would they care what you think? You're a moron. You're a dummy dumb who watches Fox News. You don't have a Harvard degree. You're not part of the elite. You're not in the club. Why the hell would they listen to you? What the hell do you know? You're probably an idiot who got manipulated by all those dumb right-wingers caring about things like personal safety and your rights. Oh my God, you are pro- you probably even read the Bible. You're an idiot. Why the hell would they listen to you? You don't know any better, you big dummy dumb. That's why you need Democrats, because they're going to save you from your stupid selves. Why would they care? Why would they care how you vote? You're an idiot who would vote for the destruction of the United States of America because you're stupid. You cannot listen to the words coming out of Vindman's mouth and not believe that these people absolutely would steal an election. Now, as Colleen's putting it here, I'm quoting her a lot. Given the, given his idea of good governance, I'd say give me four more years of Trump. Well, if what we're seeing is considered good governance, then yeah, I don't want it. Right now, the Biden administration's trying to celebrate the jobs report. Oh man, they've created a ton of jobs. I mean, sure, it was the government that completely hollowed out the economy, destroyed the greatest job growth we've seen in this country and the greatest economic growth we've seen in this country. They completely hollowed it out with lockdowns, but now they're going to celebrate not not continuing to destroy it. That's what they're doing. 
the method of Democrat success is we break something and then we ask you to celebrate us for fixing the thing we broke. And it's not even fully fixed because they're probably going to go back into lockdowns. Depending, you know, definitely in California, because you see, California is going to have a recall election. But as we've always liked to point out, these things seem to follow elections, all these lockdowns and whatnot. California is going to institute an electronic, remotely accessible voting. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Certainly, this isn't so people can corruptly mess with the election. No, they would never do that. But it's not a joke, everybody. It is a remote, accessible voting mechanism. Trying to remember exactly what they call it. The remote, accessible vote by mail. Yep. Remote, accessible uh, ballots for eligible voters. Those are coming. So... Print from a print from home ballot system that is going to happen for the recall election. You can vote from the comfort of your own home. This is the weird thing about Democrat voting that I just cannot. I just cannot get my head around it. If people are too lazy to vote, why should their opinion matter? Why are we? Bending over backwards to appeal to lazy people. It's not that they can't get out to vote. Come on. That's ridiculous. If it's so important, if it's so sacrosanct, get off your ass and go vote and vote on voting day. I have consistently said that I will support that I, I've consistently said that I will support making an election day a holiday so people can take work off. I will support that on the one condition that you can't vote early. You make it a holiday, everybody goes and votes, but you can't vote early. The only way you can vote early is if you're deployed overseas or if you have a severely legitimate reason. I will leave that much open. Otherwise, you have to bring your happy ass down to the polling place and vote. And we should celebrate it like the 4th of July. Make it a holiday. Call it Democracy Day. I don't care. But make it a holiday. But it's that one day. Because if you need two weeks to get to the polling place, it's not important to you. And if it's not important to you, I don't think your opinion should matter as much as it does for people who it is important to. If you can't bother yourself to get down to a polling place, then why should your vote count as much as mine? It's ridiculous. If you can't get off your own ass and you have to prune it out from, which actually, let me bring bring up another point that I just thought about. These people are supposed to print it. Well, this obviously affects rural voters. They don't even know what a Xerox machine is. How are we to expect these rural voters to print ballots? Because according to Kamala Harris, we don't even know what Xerox machines are. We don't even know how to make copies. You want us to print? My God. 
this is obviously a slight against the rural voters. The point is, if you can't get off your ass to go vote and you have to print it from home and mail it and it has to be so simple for you, then it's not important. And if it's not important, why are we placating to you? Why in God's name? And the reason why is because then you can manipulate it. We all know that. But we need to have the strength to basically say that if this is so sacrosanct, if this is so such a hallowed process, then treat it like one. Then treat it like one. If it's so damn important, then make it important. If it's so minimal and just so fly-by-night that you can basically just do it from home when I feel like it sometime within the next 90 days because of how open voting is, then it's not important. So stop calling it hallowed and sacrosanct and oh, geez. And the whole point of it is, is because the Democrats need to get as many lazy people who don't care, who are dumb and are ill-informed who don't even know when voting day is so they can have somebody knock on their door or what the hell ever and say oh do you like to vote and they go yeah whatever it takes to get you off my doorstep well i'll just fill this out for you thanks you just voted to make sure that governor newsom doesn't get recalled congratulations and they go okay and maybe they pay them five bucks because that's been seen too paying people for their votes which is illegal but They'll probably have some sort of lockdown in California to make sure that they can mess around with the voting that goes on in the recall election. Do you think Governor Newsom's recall election is going to get done in a day? Or do you think it's going to take them weeks to count the votes and things are going to go wrong? And oh my gosh, who would have thought? That's going to be entertaining to see. That's certainly going to be entertaining to see. But... Um, to Chick Mouse's question on our chat, wondering if the state legislators voted for it or if it was shoved through, obviously, by the Secretary of State. That I'm actually not sure, but I will take a look and see if I can update you guys on it. My guess is, is that the state legislature had nothing to do with it, that they had no say in it. I'm sure this is something that they just made up. And even if it's unconstitutional, who cares? It's not like anyone's going to do anything about it anyway. They'll just claim COVID, right? That's what they always do. Now, speaking of unconstitutional things, let's do a little bit of a rant on that. The Biden administration, via the Centers for Disease Control, decided to extend the eviction moratorium in the United States, which basically says you can't evict a non-paying renter, which is weird because the Biden administration is also just shoving Biden bucks at people. And it was supposed to be for them to pay things like their rent, but apparently they can't pay their rent still, even though they're being given Biden bucks. And, and, need I remind you, they had to do this eviction, they had to expand the eviction moratorium, even though the government is paying people for nothing, they're basically giving them UBI, and they're claiming record job growth. So I'm wondering why the hell these people can't pay their rent. 
They're getting extra benefits from the government. They're getting extended unemployment benefits from the government. And we have record job growth. I'm not sure why nobody can pay their rent in the United States with these amazing economic numbers that the Biden administration is claiming. Why do you need an eviction moratorium? But what it basically means is you don't have to pay your rent. You don't have to pay your rent and you cannot be kicked out. And they extended it, which, yes, it's unconstitutional. It's illegal. Biden even knows it. He even said so. He said that he knows that it's probably not going to pass constitutional muster. But he said that it's going to take so long for the courts to do anything about it that by the time they get around to it, they'll have figured something else out. And that's okay. It's in fact being celebrated in the media. It's okay that Joe Biden is violating the Constitution and breaking the law and his oath of oath of office because it's for the right thing. And the right thing is something they agree with. This is, in fact, regardless of how you feel about, you know, I'm not a shill for real estate brokers, and I know that a lot of landlords are just large companies. Not every landlord. There are landlords that are people that own a home and they rent it out. 100%. They, th- those exist. I'm not saying that they don't, but a lot of landlords too are giant real estate companies. And I'm not a shill for giant real estate companies, but the fact of the matter is it's private property and the government just showed up and said that you cannot decide who gets to live in your private property. That's what's happening here. It's a complete violation of the constitution. It's a complete violation of the free market. But the question that I have here is the president of the United States violated his oath of office. He's violating the constitution. He's basically completely eroding the concept of private property in the United States of America, which is a foundation of this Republic. And what keeps us from being wholly put under the boot of a tyrannical government. So I ask a question, what the hell is the GOP going to do about it? And where the hell are any articles of impeachment? Instead, the GOP is debating the infrastructure bill and is thinking about passing it. Potentially, they at least put the vote forward. I'm not completely read up on it, but they at least put the vote forward to bring it to the floor. Trillions of dollars being spent. And as we've seen throughout the time here, everything is infrastructure, according to the left, and buried on page 508 of the 2,702-page infrastructure bill, is a pilot program for a national motor vehicle per mileage user fee, which is basically a long-term thing to make it too expensive to drive. That was pointed out by Nick Short, who's at Political Short on Twitter, so you guys can go check him out. But yeah, a pilot program for a national motor vehicle per mile user fee. There is a bunch of Green New Deal crap shoved into the infrastructure bill. And you have people like Lindsey Graham celebrating voting for the... uh, You have them celebrating voting for this, quote, bipartisan infrastructure bill. Lindsey Graham is bragging about voting for or about supporting the infrastructure bill. 
even though it has a bunch of Green New Deal crap, even though it has a bunch of spending in it. And I'm telling you, polling numbers just came out. Polling numbers from liberal organizations just came out. And Biden is cratering in the polls. 43% approval rating. It is God awful. And these are the people that want him to be successful. These are the people that celebrate every little thing Joe Biden does. And he's still cratering in the polls. Why would the GOP give him a win? This infrastructure bill is not going to help anybody. It's a bunch of gimmies that are going to go to liberal orgs. The money's going to get laundered all over the place. And none of you in flyover country are going to see anything change in your crumbling infrastructure. And we all know it because it that's how it always goes. But the Republican Party could grow a spine and say something like, we'll support the infrastructure bill if you build the wall. Just do that. Just add that. You know what? A border wall is infrastructure. You should build the wall. We'll vote for everything else if you build the wall. The reason why is that's a poison pill. They won't do it. They absolutely will not support it. But that's what the Republicans want to talk about. They want to talk about supporting a bipartisan infrastructure. But look at how nice we're playing with the Democrats. Look at how nice we're playing with the Democrats, guys. You should totally vote for us. Look at how nice we're playing with the people who call you a terrorist. The people who say that you don't have rights over your private property. The people who say that your children have to wear masks at schools. The people who say that, you know, you're, even though you're vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask and you can't go to work. Look at how nice we play with them. You should totally vote for us. I don't know why anybody would vote for a single Republican who supports this infrastructure bill. And you shouldn't at all. Also, additionally, I don't know why any Republican should support anyone in the GOP for re-election who does not speak out on the fact that Joe Biden violated the Constitution with his eviction moratorium. Yes, I get it. You're not going to get an impeachment to go through because the House of Representatives is controlled by the Democrats. But you should do it anyway because it's the right thing to do. For all of these principled Republicans that were super never Trump, I haven't seen any of them bring up the violation of the Constitution by Joe Biden. I haven't seen any of them demand an impeachment against Joe Biden. Not one. So I guess it wasn't principles after all. But then you have people like Lindsey Graham. Sometimes I like what he says. Sometimes I hate what he says. But Lindsey Graham, his number one concern is look at how bipartisan I'm being after the president of the United States just wholly violated the Constitution and admitted to it. Cool, man. Awesome. Totally feeling great about the GOP right now. Those are the kinds of things that voters need to be bringing up. Those are the kind of things that need to be done to push out all of these idiot elites. If you truly want an America first party, you're going to have to start holding your own people accountable. People like Lindsey Graham. They need to be confronted in their districts and asked these hard questions. What are you doing about the eviction moratorium? 
What are you doing about all of the people that are political prisoners because of January 6th? What are you doing to ensure that I don't get called a terrorist by the ruling oligarchy in Washington, D.C., who now has partnerships with all of these organizations to basically send three-letter agencies after me and my family because I don't agree with the regime? What are you doing about that? And if they can't answer the question, then guess what? It would be better for the GOP to lose because at least we know that the Democrats are corrupt. At least we know that the Democrats are going to push this kind of crap. What we don't know is which Republicans are snakes in the grass. And so if we can't tell then maybe it's better for them to lose. And then the idiots at the GOP establishment will wake up and realize that we, the people have a say in the party. It's not the lobbyists. It's not the donors. We're the ones who pull the levers. You need to answer to us. Then maybe just maybe we can ask the hard question as to why the niece of Mitt Romney is running the GOP right now. And no one has had the balls to ask her to condemn the way her uncle talks about us, you and me, the American people, and routinely kisses the ass of Democrats. Because that question should be asked. And the fact that it's not is eroding my faith in the GOP. And it's also why I'm not a member of the GOP. And I see no reason why I would be anytime soon. Because all I ever hear is, this is violating the Constitution. And then they don't do anything about it. Which basically suggests to me that you can violate the Constitution. And the worst thing that's going to happen to you if you violate the Constitution is that you're going to get bitched about on Fox News and Twitter. Otherwise, who cares? Democrats certainly don't because they're not afraid of what Republicans are going to do when they violate the Constitution because the answer is nothing. They're going to go cry about it on Fox News. You're going to hear the GOP. Oh, I can't believe Biden would violate the Constitution if only someone could do something. That seems to be the GOP. If only someone could do something. That's the GOP response. And we need to hold them accountable. We need to be rough to them. They deserve it. But ultimately, it would be a good. Now, sorry, speaking of money real quick, there was there was an exclusive at Red State from Scott Hounsel that I want to bring up. Uh, he actually wrote this on the 6th. But. It's an exclusive that CDC director Walensky, her husband, received $5 million in health and human services grants. And that's just the start. When it comes to the swamp that has become D.C., nothing should surprise anyone anymore, especially when it comes to officials within the government using resources to personally enrich themselves or failing to disclose when their families stand to benefit from their governmental service. 
while the left was consistently worried about Trump and his family using the presidency to enrich themselves, they seem much less concerned about Hunter Biden's travels on the American taxpayer dime to peddle his father's influence or by his current career money laundering scheme as an artist. New information provided exclusively to Red State by syndicated radio talk show host Howie Carr shows the Centers for Disease Control director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, is finding multiple ways to benefit from her new position. Walensky, who took over as director with Biden's inauguration, is married to Lauren D. Walensky, a renowned pediatric oncology researcher at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute at Harvard. In October 2019, Lauren Walensky became the scientific co-founder and member of the board of directors of Lytica Therapeutics, an early stage biotechnology company working on an innovative platform for developing next generation antimicrobials. Just four months later, Walensky's Lytica received a $16.9 million Health and Human Services grant to develop antibacterial peptides with broad activity against multi-drug resistant bacteria. Only $5.3 million of that money was initially dispersed to Lytica, and the remaining $11.6 million is scheduled to be dispersed upon achievement of certain development milestones. I have previously worked in the world of grant writing and can tell you most agencies will not give grants to organizations that have existed for less than a year and organizations that have no other stream of funding. In this particular case, Crunchbase, which monitors funding for corporations and nonprofits, shows that the only funding that Litika has received to date is the $5.3 million allocated from the grant received. Again, The only funding this new company has received to date, nearly two years after its founding, is the $5.3 million allocated in the HHS grant. The grant was funded and organized by the Assistant Secretary for Pediatrics and and Response with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, which oversees and administers the Biomedical Advanced and Development Authority Program, which is similar to the PREDICT program at the center of the Wuhan Institute of Virology gain-of-function research controversy. The Lytica Therapeutics grant was provided through BARDA's CARB-X program, according to their website. Projects funded by CARB-X, the group states, quote, are in the early stages of research and there is always a high risk of failure, end quote. But if they're successful... And a for-profit company like Lytica Therapeutics is behind it, the company and its shareholders can profit off the drug's commercialization. Interestingly, Barda also has teamed up with the Welcome Group, headed by Jeremy Farrar, who many many of you may remember as the signer of the Peter uh, <laughs> Peter Dozic organized Lancet Letter which sought to debunk the now-legitimized Wuhan lab leak theory of the SARS-CoV-19 virus. While Walensky received the grant prior to his wife becoming director of an HHS-governed organization, his wife was directly associated with with Health and Human Services for more than a decade when his company was awarded the grant. 
Rochelle Walensky served as the chair of the Office of AIDS Research and Advisory Council, which put her in close contact with Dr. Anthony Fauci and as a member of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services panel on anti- mm. Anti-retroviral retro, guidelines for adults and adolescents, again with Dr. Fauci. In fact, when insiders were surprised that Walensky was picked, it was revealed that Fauci had a lot to do with her appointment. Biden's transition team conducted a wide search for a new CDC director, and Walensky's name was mentioned by several people, according to an official familiar with the process. For some, she was a surprise choice, yet among those recommending her was Anthony Fauci. Two top NIAID officials, one of whom worked closely with Director Walensky in the HIV-AIDS research arena, serve on CARB-X's Joint Oversight Committee, which selects which applicants will receive grants through the competitive process. The fact that Walensky's grant was not disclosed as a portion of his wife's appointment amounts to a massive lack of transparency. In her financial disclosures submitted January 13th, 2021, she lists her husband's interest in Lytica Therapeutics as a spousal holding, but doesn't indicate that he is the co-founder of the company and ostensibly working there since he is the inventor of the technology subject to the CARB-X grant. She also doesn't indicate in the filing that his company is receiving a federal grant from the very agency in which she is being appointed to a leadership position, and the agency still has to make decisions on whether to award the additional $11.6 million. But then again... This is kind of how they work, isn't it? Are we that shocked by it? <sighs> Not really. <laughs> Unfortunately, right? Now, with all of this random business that's going on within Washington, D.C., the Health and Human Services, the crazy stuff that's coming from the CDC director to include her basically flip-flopping and saying, you know, conflicting things against each other. You know, her name's pretty, pretty prevalent, but... Hilariously, they also really like to attack Republican governors because everything's political. Everything's about trying to make Joe Biden look good because he's tanking in the polls. His economy's doing garbage. Inflation's on the rise. He's not actually creating any new jobs. And he doesn't know how to properly handle the coronavirus epidemic. But what they're trying to do now is they're trying to create another basket of deplorables. And their way of creating a basket of deplorables is terming them unvaccinated. And if you ask any of the champagne liberals out there what an unvaccinated person looks like, it's going to be the stereotype that all of the coastal elites have of the filth and flyover America, those MAGA hat wearing American flag flying dopes that they can't stand. And of course, much of their ire is focused on Florida. Why? Because Florida didn't really go along with all the BS. And they've been perfectly fine and successful. So, of course, they have to destroy Ron DeSantis. Because Ron DeSantis is looking pretty good right now. Jury's still out, in my personal opinion, on where DeSantis sits. But that's because I'm skeptical of everyone right now. Because look at how many times we've been screwed by the GOP. But I will give him the benefit of the doubt on a few things. Hilariously, he was attacked by Joe Biden earlier this week because Joe Biden wanted to bitch, piss and moan about people who were unvaccinated because that's all Joe Biden has. 
because he's failing constantly. But then he was asked directly about Ron DeSantis and he responded with who? Ha ha. Pretending like he didn't know who Ron DeSantis was, even though it is literally the focal point of the White House press office. All the White House has done, especially over the last week, is whine, bitch, and complain about Ron DeSantis. But hilariously, Joe Biden went, who? And acted like he didn't know. Which set up DeSantis for absolutely destroying Biden with this. Do you have a comment about the comment that President Biden made recently? (laughs) Well, uh, I guess I'm not surprised that that Biden doesn't remember me. Um, I guess the question is, is what else has he forgotten? (laughs) Biden's forgotten about the crisis at our southern border, I can tell you that. Uh, Biden has forgotten about the inflation that's biting the budgets of families. Ooh, not not a good look. And hilariously plays marvelously into the fact that Biden seems to be rather forgetful. Get it? It's the whole dementia patient thing. But to expand on that and to make things even more fun, it's not just Biden that's having a rough time right now and having to find a windmill to tilt at to deflect from your abject failure as an as an administration and the horrors that if people start looking under the hood they might go this guy absolutely had to have been installed as president and not elected because nobody would be this stupid Kamala Harris is having a bad go of it too Kamala Harris had to have Basically, a critical meeting in Washington, D.C., where she gathered together a bunch of people from think tanks and PR campaigns and former presidential campaigns to try to rehabilitate her image because she's so unlikable. And of course, at this gathering in Washington, D.C., what's the best all this liberal brain trust could have come up with? The media is sexist. That's right. If you criticize Kamala Harris for her stupid statements and her absolutely inability to be likable, it's because you're a sexist. So basically, they're going with the Hillary Clinton thing. Hillary Clinton comes off as demonic and awful and completely unlikable, but only if you're a sexist, apparently. But interesting to see that the vice president of the United States has to get a brain trust together to figure out why she's so unlikable in media reporting. A little weird. It's also funny for them to complain about sexism because I want to remind everybody about how much Melania Trump was attacked by the media and how much they try to pretend like Jill Biden is anything worthwhile. That hypocrisy, believe it or not. Now, the reason why I'm bringing it up is one of the weird things in D.C. culture is the suburban soccer mom. They are considered a very powerful constituency, but I think that D.C. doesn't know any of them. And so they they think they know these people because in the in the 90s, they were very influential. And it's not that like suburban women aren't influential. I just don't think that D.C. pays attention to them anymore. Like, I don't think they actually know the concerns of suburban women. 
And the reason why is uh, they're losing ground big time with these women. These are the women who are going to be affected by inflation. They're also the women who are going to be affected by mask mandates in public schools because it's their children. They're also affected by the whiplash that is being caused by the left in having conflicting responses to coronavirus. These are the people, these women are the people who just want to go about their daily lives and then are getting conflicting guidance every other day. And then when they complain about it on Facebook, they're more active, more political psycho friends are saying that they're QAnon conspiracy theorists. That's what's actually happening. Those women also are going to be looking at these celebrity magazines that are going to be celebrating Barack Obama's giant birthday party. And they're probably going to be the ones that are going to have to cancel their kid's birthday party because COVID or can't take their kid out for their birthday party because of COVID. That's why they're concerned about it. But they think that accusing the media of sexism for hating, you know, cackling Kamala. It that's going to work. They think that that's going to pull well with suburban women. Because, like I said, that that is a constituency that they focus on and they are losing them wildly with the insanity of coronavirus and with the mishandling of the economy and with inflation and with public safety. They are losing that demographic to an insane amount. But that's where they're going to go is sexism. And I go back to the treatment of Melania Trump, because that's something that those women are also going to notice. You had a literal model in the white house who was demonized, destroyed some of the most disgusting things that could be said. But then you have Jill Biden, who's not very likable, is a little creepy, says pretty elitist snobbery things being celebrated like she's a goddess and everybody knows how gross it is but i want to pull i i want to point out what i think is an op to try to appeal to suburban women that shows that dc is not paying attention to this demographic it does not understand them in the slightest and it's this the rose garden for those of you who don't remember There was a huge deal made over the renovation of the Rose Garden by Melania Trump and the media hated it. And of course, they hated it for like no legitimate reason other than the last name of the person who did it was Trump. So it was disgusting. It was the worst. Oh, my God. The worst ever. There was a photojournalist. If you go onto our Twitter at Wrong Think Radio, you can see a picture where I mention how the media manipulates people. The reason why I know this is because. This photojournalist, who's supposed to be legitimate, took a picture of the Rose Garden and said, it's been one year since Melania Trump eviscerated the Rose Garden and 80,000 people have signed a petition for Jill Biden to fix it. Jill Biden doesn't need a petition to fix the Rose Garden. She can literally just do that. It's within the realm of what the first lady can do. But also the picture of the blank rose garden is supposed to make it look like Melania Trump killed all the beautiful flowers. They're not in bloom. 
in August. I found a tweet from Jill Biden celebrating all the blossoms of spring in the beautiful Rose Garden. It was a tweet of the of the garden celebrating that spring is here. And that's how the media manipulates you. They take a picture. You have no idea what the garden's supposed to look like. You have no idea what the schedule is for the blossoms. You have no idea what status it's in. He says that Melania Trump eviscerated the garden and you don't see any flowers, so it must be true. That's how they do it. And why are they doing it? Because they think that that's going to appeal to suburban women. If we say that Melania Trump eviscerated the Rose Garden and then Jill Biden goes out there and they plant some new flowers, all those suburban women will think she's amazing. That's what they're going for. That's how they think that they can appeal to suburban women who are worried about the economy, who are worried about their children's safety, their family's safety, who are worried about the coronavirus disinformation that they're getting from the CDC and the government. That's how they think that they can appeal to them. That's how simple they think you in America are. They think they can whine about a garden and you'll ignore the fact that your economy is being hollowed out. They think that they can show you a couple of pretty pictures in Vogue magazine of Kamala Harris and her in her, you know, Converse all stars smiling and cackling. And you'll ignore the fact that the cities around you are crumbling and that you might have to you might have to stand in line for hours again for toilet paper because they can't pull their head out of their ass. That's what they're thinking. They're thinking that they can get Kamala out there to make a couple of jokes and maybe make some sort of reference to Snapchat or Instagram. And you'll ignore the fact that meat might not be on the shelves next week. And you don't know whether or not you need to stock up on things again, because if the government goes into lockdown, you remember what it was like when you couldn't buy things at the store and you remember how terrifying it was because you had no idea when food was going to get restocked and that might happen again. That might happen again because the government wants to play fear politics again and talk about the Delta variant. But they think that you're so dumb and so simple that you'll ignore all of those concerns that they won't address because they're going to just make they're going to make Kamala so likable and she's going to go on Stephen Colbert and because <laughs> you're an idiot. This is just more proof that they think you're a complete moron and they think that they can manipulate you. And they know it's not working. That's why they're freaking out so much. That's why you're seeing all the twitchy psychotic. They want you to hate the quote unvaccinated Because then you won't notice their mismanagement of everything in your daily life. That's really what's going on here. So tell me what you guys think. Let me know in the comments section where you think this is going. And let me know what you think the biggest concerns are. I'm going to wrap up the show a little early because, like I said, when it's just me, I start to get to that point where I realize I'm just going to keep talking about things over and over again. But there's a lot to cover. And so, as always, be sure to tune in on Sundays to pick up the latest and greatest. And don't forget, you can support us for $3 a month by going to subscribestar.com forward slash wrongthinkradio. 
I'll catch you guys all next week on Sunday at noon Eastern, live every single Sunday. I'm Aaron, and I'm keeping an eye on the left. <laughs>